bull or acts like a bully, you don't stoop to their level. No, our motto is, when they go low, we go high. When they go low, we go high. Michelle Obama at the Democratic National Convention yesterday in Philly, really bringing the thunder in her speech critiquing Donald Trump and the move that has pushed him to the nomination on the Republican side and giving an impassioned plea to Democrats to get behind Hillary Clinton uh, in November on the Democratic ticket. This is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and thanks for being here. All week we are talking about what's happening in Philadelphia with the Democratic National Convention, and day one was as surprising and moving, I think, as you could have hoped for. Uh, lots of dissension still on the floor about uh, Bernie Sanders and the, the the fact that he is not the nominee. People still really upset, really, really uh, protesting protesting and, and speaking their minds in Philadelphia about the fact that Hillary Clinton is the nominee. But toward the end of the night, with speeches by Michelle Obama, Elizabeth Warren, and then Bernie Sanders himself, there did seem to be a move toward unity, bringing everyone back under the tent to get ready for the fall campaign. Did you watch last night? Did you watch uh, Michelle Obama's speech? Did you see Bernie Sanders reach out to his supporters, express and understand their disappointment and tell them that they still needed to get to the booth to vote for Hillary Clinton in November? What did you think of that? Is it enough for uh, you or people you know uh, to put the sort of hatchet uh, in the ground and say, we got to be together to beat Donald Trump? Or are you still saying Hillary Clinton is not the right candidate and hasn't made the case to you uh, about why she should get your vote? 313-577-1019. We are talking all day today about the the Democratic National Convention all week. Uh, 313-577-1019. You want to talk about the speeches. You want to talk about the things uh, that you saw on the floor, uh, the, the, the rancor between some speakers and folks in the audience, uh, uh, Elijah Cummings, uh, a Democrat from Black Democrat from Maryland, got up to talk about Black Lives Matter at some point uh, yesterday and was booed by uh, people who were protesting the TPP. Was that a sign of disunity that was going to carry over into fall? Again, 313-577-1019 to join the conversation. I'm really eager to hear what you think about what was said at the Democratic National Convention last night. Uh, especially want to hear from Bernie Sanders supporters, folks who folks who went out and uh, voted for him in the primaries, folks who went out and maybe worked for him in the primaries. Are you watching this convention and seeing reasons to back Hillary Clinton, or are you watching and still wondering whether you can you can pull that lever? Again, 313-577-1019 is the number. Joining me now to talk about what happened yesterday on the floor in Philadelphia is Jonathan Osting. He is a Detroit News political reporter calling from Philly. Jonathan, welcome to Detroit Today. Thanks for having me, Stephen. Yeah, so give me your impressions of day one uh, on the the floor there in Philadelphia. Uh, certainly on television, there was a wide range of emotions. There was a wide range of responses reflected. Uh, what does it look like there? 
Absolutely. Well, uh, there was a wide range. These are long days. <laughs> you got to remember the convention started <laughs> at about 4 p.m. and right. included, I think it was, what, 11.30 or so. So uh, a lot can happen within that span, and it certainly did yesterday. Of course, the convention started uh, right on the heels of the WikiLeaks release, showing that the DNC uh, may have worked to undermine the Sanders campaign, which only fueled uh, anger by Sanders delegates coming into this convention. Yeah. Uh, and they made their presence known right away, even before the convention started here in suburban Philadelphia um, at Michigan Breakfast. We had a Bernie supporter grab an open mic and say it's not over and uh, urge people to continue to try and uh, basically, uh, you know, deny Hillary Clinton the nomination. Sanders supporters, some of them still feel that he's best suited to actually beat Donald Trump this fall. Yeah. Uh, that said, um, over the course of this long night, as you mentioned, there were several powerful speeches. Um, I think uh, Bernie, of course, has previously endorsed Clinton and did so again. I think Michelle Obama, though, um, probably delivered one of the most uh, striking uh, pleas for unity. And, uh, you know, earlier in the night, we heard Bernie delegates booing any time Hillary name came up. And nobody did that when Michelle Obama spoke. You know, she commands a certain level of respect and uh, seemed to get it uh, and perhaps had a, had a better chance, therefore, of getting her message across. Yeah. Um, in, in fact, uh, Yoni Applebaum in The Atlantic uh, this morning is calling Michelle Obama's uh, speech a speech for the ages, uh, acknowledging that many times at conventions people get up there and give speeches and they are forgotten almost before they get off the stage. Uh, this speech, because of the way it wove so many different things uh, together in terms of uh, message and democratic ideal, uh, along with critique of Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton, people are saying that this is a remarkable, memorable speech. Yeah, uh, Michigan Democratic uh, Party Chairman Brandon Dillon here uh, tweeted out during the speech, so proud I'm going to be able to tell my grandkids that I was here for this. Uh, you got to remember, Michelle Obama, you know, developed a reputation as something of a closer uh, on the campaign trail for her husband before. Um, so she's certainly uh, known to be able to deliver uh, great speeches. But uh, tonight, uh, she really, or last night, sorry, she really had uh, seemingly everyone at the convention uh, wrapped with attention. Yeah. Uh, this is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. My guest right now is Jonathan Osting. He's a political reporter at the Detroit News. He is in Philadelphia for the Democratic National Convention, and we are talking about night one at the convention. Big speeches delivered by Michelle Obama, Elizabeth Warren, and Bernie Sanders. What did you think of those speeches? Did they convince you, if you are one of the people who's still undecided about what you're going to do in November, did they convince you that Hillary Clinton is the right person to vote for? Did they convince you, if you are a Bernie Sanders supporter, that you ought to get behind Hillary Clinton, even though uh, she she beat uh, she beat your candidate in the primaries and the in the caucuses. Three one three five seven seven one zero one nine is the number to join the conversation. That's three one three five seven seven one zero one nine. Jonathan, before I let you go, I, I want to ask you about the, the sort of forecast into the week. 
do, do people expect that this tension between the Sanders supporters who are there uh, and the Clinton uh, folks who are there to, to nominate uh, their candidate uh, officially, is that going to play out all week? Or do you feel like uh, last night with Warren and Sanders coming out as strongly as they did uh, for Hillary Clinton that it that it tamps that down a little bit it does it, are, are we going to see a more uh, subdued opposition uh, perhaps the rest of the week sure um, i imagine it, it might ramp down a little bit but some of the real diehard bernie supporters that i talked to uh late last night after the speech is concluded still said you know that uh that they're not on board with hillary clinton um Today, of course, is going to be the official nomination where the delegates cast their votes. So those Bernie supporters are going to have a chance to once again uh, make their presence known. Um, In terms of uh, large disruptions, I know Bernie has actually asked his supporters um, not to do so. uh, So we'll see if they heed his advice. Um, But I think, you know, as the week goes on, there, there may be less and less opportunities for this sort of division to really be a focus of the convention. Uh, Yesterday, not only did we have Bernie and uh, Elizabeth Warren speaking, uh, which really brought the tension to the forefront, but also we had a debate over some rules and platform, um, which Bernie supporters actually uh, like a lot of what's in there, but feel like they came up short in a couple areas. One, as you mentioned, is uh, Trans-Pacific Partnership, a trade deal. Uh, that uh, Congress still needs to to ratify if it's going to be uh, enacted. And um, while Hillary Clinton has come out in opposition to that as well, uh, Bernie supporters really wanted that written right into the party platform. And they didn't get that. Um, They did get a lot. They got a $15 minimum wage. They got a new Glass-Steagall Act. Um, They got uh, even uh, a call for a path towards legalization of marijuana. Um, So they did make a lot of gains in this progress. but, you know, they're still hoping to make more. And Bernie also, he started a new 501c uh, just yesterday called Our Revolution, uh-huh. that he's going to try and continue the work that he started, even though he's not going to be the nominee of this party. So um, I think there's a lot for, for Sanders delegates still to rally behind uh, this week, but maybe less opportunities for that visible division here at the convention. Yeah. All right. Jonathan Osting, political reporter with the Detroit News. Thank you very much for being here on Detroit Today. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah. Uh, And now I want to welcome another Detroit News uh, staffer. Editorial page editor Nolan Finley is also in Philadelphia. He joins us now to talk about his reaction to the first day of the Democratic National Convention. Nolan, welcome to Detroit Today. How are you? I'm good. Missing you down here. Uh, that's right. I'm, I'm not there for the parties. <laughs> You're not there for anything. <laughs> that's right. So I know of all the people I know, mm-hmm. you probably were the most moved last night by <laughs> Michelle Obama and Bernie Sanders. This is this is aimed right at you, I believe, Nolan. Is, <laughs> that's this, right. is that right? You know, <laughs> I, I, the first lady gave a hell of a speech and made me wonder why they hadn't used her more are giving her a bigger role these last seven and a half years. I mean, she's been intermittently visible, but not sort of in the way that a a Hillary Clinton had, say, during the Bush year. And she's every bit as talented and, and, uh, you know, dynamic. It it made you wonder where she'd been. As for Bernie, and, you know, I tweeted out, this sure is a 
the year of the old crank. I I hope that's the last lecture we have to hear from him for a while. You, so you didn't you didn't feel like that was a speech that that moved him away God from sake. cranking toward uh, toward you know Hillary Clinton embracing Hillary Clinton. Well, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean he, that was its goal to sort of give some some unity and embrace Clinton. But it was the same old school, you know, point after point after point. It's you know. If you're not a burner, I guess it, it gets a little tiresome. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. My guest is Nolan Finley. He's the editorial page editor at the Detroit News. He's in Philadelphia for the Detroit, the Democratic National Convention. We're talking about day one of the convention. Also, what's to come this week uh, as Democrats try to figure out a way to unify themselves as they go into the fall campaign behind Hillary Clinton. You want to join the conversation? 313-577-1019. Did you watch the speeches last night? Were you moved by the speeches last night? Did they make you change your mind or help you make up your mind? 313-577-1019 is the number. Let's go to Tim in Farmington Hills. Tim, yeah, welcome to Detroit I Today. Buying it. I listen to everything. You know, I'm a long time, I'm almost 70, long time Democrat, mm-hmm. voted Democrat my whole life. This is the first time I'm not going to vote Democrat. I'm not buying what Hillary, you know, Donald Trump sounds more like, Bernie Sanders than than Hillary Clinton, and it's sad to say I don't know if I trust the guy, but I certainly have not gotten to the point of being able to trust Hillary Clinton. Yeah, so so Tim, that's a really interesting point. I've heard it a lot this this campaign season. The idea that you see more. Uh, similarity between Bernie Sanders and Donald Trump than you do between Bernie Sanders and Hillary Clinton. Can you be more specific about the things that uh, you think they share? In At least in the words. Now, whether or not he'll come through, whether or not be, he's BSing everybody, I don't know. But Hillary has been, uh, even with the, this, this latest thing with the DNC and the emails, mm-hmm. I believe she knew. I mean, Debbie Wasserman Schultz and her were were close. She, Debbie Wasserman Schultz, when Bar- she was running against Barack Obama, Debbie Wasserman Schultz was involved in the campaign, closely involved. If she wasn't the campaign manager, she was close to that that level. So, Tim, it sounds like what you're saying, though, is that you have a trust problem with Hillary Clinton and not a substantive problem in terms of policy. I mean, here, here you have Hillary Clinton now reaching out and adopting just a sua sponte, I mean, really outright, uh, the, some of the things that Bernie Sanders has said he's for. The $15 minimum wage, for instance, is is, is part of the platform uh, of, of the Democratic Party this time. Is it that you've is it that you have a problem with what Hillary Clinton stands for from a policy perspective or that you just don't trust her? Let me give you one quick example. Okay. She said originally that for TPP it was the gold standard of trade agreements. And then she came out and she carefully said, in its current form, I am against TPP. So what does that mean? Does that mean that if they change the date on the document that she'll sign it? <laughs> I think it means a little more than that, Tim. But I but I hear what you're saying. I mean, and again, I hear a lot of Democrats saying those same things. Thanks very much for your call, Tim. Nolan Finley, that, that right there sort of captures the heart of, of Hillary Clinton's problems, right, at this convention. You have a lot of people who just don't feel like they can trust her. I think that's the story of this election on both sides. I, last week I was in Cleveland 
Uh, you run into a lot of people who said, I just can't vote for Donald Trump and I just can't vote for Hillary Clinton here in Philadelphia. I just can't vote for Hillary Clinton, but I can't vote for Donald Trump. I think there's going to be a lot over the next couple months of people you know, trying to figure out, are they going to vote none of the above? Are they going to vote for, for um, Gary Johnson or Jill Stein? Are they just going to sit it out, write some, somebody else in? But I've you know, been covering this stuff for a lot of years, and I've never seen a year when so many people, and it's not just undecided. Right. I think people have, or have decided they just don't like either candidate and, as a matter of conscience, can't vote for her. And I'm surprised. I mean, the focus here is on unity and which is, you know, they need to do. I was on a bus with Bernie Sanders supporters yesterday, and believe me, that was a treat. And, you know, there was all this Bernie or bus stuff, and the vitriol against Clinton from that group was worse than anything I heard in Cleveland last week from Republicans against Hillary. You know, a lot of them just aren't going to come back. But, you know, how many of them were going to be Democrats? Democratic voters anyway, or voters anyway, had had Sanders not been in the race. Um, I think that's the question when you gauge how much it hurts Clinton. But one thing they haven't done yet, I think, is work on that trust issue. And I don't know how you do it. Yeah. I I mean, if you go back four years, this was Mm -hmm. part of the problem that Mitt Romney had with with voters, was that people came to believe – that he didn't really stand for very much, that, that his right. career was one thing and then his campaign was another. And it was it was just too hard in a three or four month campaign window to, to really pivot in a way that changed people's mind. And now, you know, people have known her for a long time and that's the problem. Um, so, you know, now all of a sudden she's this, you know, she's this progressive. She's she's adopting the policies of Sanders and Warren. People know that's not who she is. And I think her vice presidential pick signaled that that's not who she is. And that's good for the broader um, election, and it's good with with a, a general electorate. But for the people here that, that she's trying to unify with, they don't trust her. And your caller, the guy who just hung up, I thought that was that was uh, fascinating where he, where he said, well, you know, he likes Sanders and he likes Trump. Well, they're not the same guy. Yeah, yeah. No, they are not. <laughs> <laughs> but how, how many times have you heard that? I mean, yeah, I've heard so many people I keep hearing that. a lot. A, a lot of people say, I'm a Democrat. I'm for Sanders. If he doesn't win, I'm going to go with Trump. And I, know, I, I, I can't really understand how that, uh, how that works. Uh, let's go to Craig and Frazier. Craig, welcome to Detroit Today. Oh, hello. Thank hey. you for taking my call. Sure. Um, I, I just wanted to say I watched the convention yesterday, and um, I think, you know, I, I agree that Hillary Clinton has their problems with uh, trust issues. Um, but um, in terms of Donald Trump, I, I just don't understand how people think he can relate to them. It seems like the man owns a jet. He has, a, like, a solid gold bathroom. Um, <laughs> how does someone like that relate to someone making minimum wage or making, like, $7 an hour? Eight dollars an hour. I, I really, I, I just don't understand um, how he. Uh, you um, so you feel like Trump's wealth is is an issue more than anything. I guess that yeah. I, I mean, given millions of dollars, you know, as soon as he, I, I'm not saying that wealth is bad, but it just seems <laughs> to relate to everyone. Uh, 
in the country, he's just looking at it from a different perspective, I think. Right. And it's just, it just seems like it'd be harder for him to relate to regular people. I just. Um, yeah. That's an interesting. I, I I I don't know how that's going to play in November, Craig. But I do hear a lot of folks uh, saying that about Donald Trump. Uh, uh, some people say it about Hillary Clinton. Uh, think of the wealth that uh, the Clintons have accumulated over the last 10 or 15 years. Uh, they feel like she's a little out of touch, too. But thanks very much uh, for that call. Let's go to Davey in Ann Arbor. Davey, welcome Hi, to Detroit today. Go ahead. Thank you. Yeah. So I voted for Bernie in the primary. And uh-huh. uh, without question, I would vote. I'm going to vote for Hillary Clinton in terms of comparing her to Trump. I mean, she's just she's full of substance. She has a policy track record. And I find it a little bizarre to make the connection between Bernie and uh, and Donald Trump. I think that they're miles apart. Yeah. And the Bernie and, and Hillary are much closer. And I think he did a solid job in trying to convey that last night. Yeah. All right, Davey, thanks very much uh, for that call. Uh, Nolan Finley, Detroit News editorial page editor. Talk, uh, talk to us about what, what you think it's going to look like the rest of this week. I asked Jonathan Osting, uh, your colleague at the paper, whether he thought the dissension was going to sort of settle down after Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders both came out last night really strongly for Clinton, sort of admonishing people uh, to, to unify. Do you think it's going to look a little different today than it did yesterday? I think it, it has to, and I think, you know, at this point, people have to come to some reality. I mean, I was, like I said, I was on that bus yesterday, and these Bernier bus people were were still convinced they could move superdelegates into their column. Yeah. I mean, so there's a bit of delusion going on, and that that'll continue. You can never... Um, move that, but the party's got to take control. And you know, at the breakfast this morning, they were still talking about the important. What they're worried now is these folks not voting, these folks leaving the process. And that was what the breakfast, the Michigan delegation breakfast, was about this morning, reminding people that if they didn't vote, a no vote, same like last week in Cleveland, a no vote is uh, a vote for the other side. And I, I tell you what, I, I've never seen an election like this or conventions like this where most of the talk is about fear of the other guy yeah. rather than real enthusiasm and love for your guy. Maybe a little more here than in in um, Cleveland, but it's all about, well, gosh, you know, if you don't vote for Hillary, Trump's going to be president. If you don't vote for Trump, you know, vice versa. It, it's really noticeable yeah. that, and I don't know how you, as long as that becomes the, uh, continues to be the narrative here, how you accomplish that mission of boosting Hillary's uh, likability numbers and trustworthy numbers. You know, they're really bad this week. I think for the first time they were were higher, a notch or two higher than Trump's. Trump's, But they're both above 55%. What on earth? Yeah. Uh, talk about uh, who we're going to see try to make that case the rest of this week. We've got some folks from Michigan who are going to get up on on stage and, and give speeches, right? Um, yeah, I mean, and, and I think that'll be that'll be Bill, uh, to a large part, Bill Clinton's job. He's got to, you know, he knows her better than anyone, you assume. And uh, he's got to make that that case for her yeah. character. And, uh, you know, um I think that's that's very important. Um, so the people who know her uh, have to make the case for a character. And if I were putting this together, that's where I'd be going next. I mean, you've done what you could. 
to bring the Bernie people aboard. They're either going to come or they're not. And I think they come quicker if you make her more palatable. Okay, Nolan Finley, editorial page editor of the Detroit News. What parties are you looking forward to this week? <laughs> you know, this is, uh, we're staying it's so subdued, right? Out, man. <laughs> but it was last week in Cleveland. I mean, there were great parties in Cleveland that nobody could get to because everybody had to jump on a bus and go out. There's so few hotels downtown. Yeah. Now, there's a lot of hotels in downtown um, Cleveland, or Philadelphia, and it was, you know, it was pretty rocking last night, even though it was stormy. But you're still, I mean, it's, it's delegation staying about an hour away. So, you know, <laughs> not as much fun. <laughs> That's right. All right. Uh, thanks very much for being here on Detroit Today. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, buddy. Bye. All right. Uh, we're going to take a break, but uh, when we come back, we're going to catch up with a state representative from Maine who has been pushing to minimize the influence of superdelegates at the Democratic Convention. She got a big win yesterday from the DNC Rules Committee. Stay with us also on the phones. What did you think of? What Michelle Obama said yesterday, what uh, Elizabeth Warren said yesterday, what Bernie Sanders said yesterday about getting behind Hillary Clinton. Did it change your mind? Did it make you sure about what you're going to do in November? 313-577-1019 is the number. Stay with us on Detroit Today. Detroit Today.